So I just recently heard a story about a persistent pastor. And in his church, there were some people who were um, abusing drinking and then they were taking it to extremes. And so he was getting really upset about this. And this was really just becoming a problem in his church. And so he realized he had to do something about it. So he decided he needed to speak about it. And so one morning he wrote up a passionate and persistent message to try and get this across to them, that, that it's not okay to be, abuse alcohol. And he gets up there that morning, and, and he's preaching his heart out, and he, and he does a really powerful message, and the people are convicted, and he starts to wind down, and, and he says this. He says, I wish that I could take every bottle of beer and throw it in the river and just get rid of it. And then he says, you know, I wish I could take every bottle of wine and take it and throw it in the river. And then he says, finally, I wish I could take every bottle of whiskey and, and, and every liquor and just throw it in the river. And then he closes passionately, and the worship leader comes up hesitantly next service, and he says, everyone open up your hymn books to the, to the song, Let Us Gather at the River. And some of the men in that church were never so excited to worship in their entire lives. And so his persistency backfired a little bit that morning. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is living a persistent life. See, I, I believe that we are very persistent people, but I think there's a particular area in our life where we tend to not be so per- persistent, an area where we tend to give up pretty easily. And I believe that God is calling us as a church and as individuals today to be more persistent in this area. And like I said, the more and more I thought about it, the more I realized that we are really persistent people. As I look out today, I see a, a lot of families and a I'm sure you know that your kids can be persistent when they want something, right? I, I, I know that was true of me. I, I was a very, very persistent kid. If I, if I wanted something, I was like a broken record. I, I made sure my parents knew that I wanted it, man. And I pushed it and pushed it. Remember one Christmas, I, I wanted a Ghostbusters backpack, man. That, that is what I wanted. And I pushed it with my parents day after day. And the reason why I wanted it is because I saw a kid walking in the mall. With it. And I was with my mom. And as you just know those moments in life where you can still remember it just so perfectly. Like I can still picture this kid walking by and he had the full Ghostbusters jumpsuit on and he's got the backpack and it's like a legit one. It's like one in the movies. And he just gives me this look like, like, yeah, I'm awesome. You wish you were me. And I, and I was like, oh, I have to have that. And so I remember being just so persistent about it, asking my parents all the time and building up until Christmas. And, and then Christmas came and then I had a ton of awesome presents. And I got a lot of great presents that year and, and I opened it up and, and there's the Ghostbusters backpack. But it wasn't the one that I wanted. And so it was like a little piece of me died that day. All my persistency, my parents ruined my, no, I'm just joking. Um, it was just, it was, I was disappointed, but my persistency didn't work that time. And I just remember the, the pain and the hurt from that. Like even something little, from the, like a kid, like you get hurt by that. And um, the reason why I believe that sometimes we aren't so persistent with God is, is because we get hurt sometimes. The reason why is because we feel like it's not going anywhere. And, you know, I, there's good types of persistency in our life, and there's bad types. And, 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 and I try to, to explain this to the kids in the youth group because it doesn't really get through their heads that well sometimes, especially the boys. They, they just don't get it. I, I, I just try to tell the guys, I'm like, if there is a girl 
that doesn't like you, it's not okay to keep pursuing that relationship. They will like stalk this person. I'm like, it's no longer persistent. You are now becoming a stalker. We should get a restraining order against you. Like, it's really weird. And, and, it, and it's funny because there's a story in my family that my, my grandfather tells me all the time. It's about how he met my grandmother. And, and he tells a story. He went up to her one day. He saw her walking and, and he grabbed her arm. And he said, do I know you from somewhere? And she said, you most certainly do not. And she hid his arm away. And he used to walk by her house every day. And I, when I hear this story, I'm like, Grandpa, you're a stalker, man. Like, that, that's weird. Like, that, that, that doesn't work in today's society. Like, her parents would have got restraining orders against you. Like, that's a little weird. So I, I try to explain that, that there's good types of persistence and bad. And so far, I guess we've talked a little bit of bad persistency. But the kind of persistency that I'm building up to right now, this morning, it's a persistency with God, and more specifically in our relationships with Him and in prayer with Him. See, I, I think that we, we like to tend to treat God like a genie. Is, is we pray a prayer one time, and we expect it to be answered right away. And when it doesn't get answered right away, we get mad at God, and we give up on our persistent prayers. Or maybe in your relationship with Him. Maybe you said, God, this is the year that I'm going to get close to you. This is the year that things are going to change and things are going to be different. And you started off really well and you started to seek him, but then you didn't really feel like anything was happening. You didn't feel like your Bible was coming alive to you. You didn't feel like your prayers were being answered. You felt like they were just bouncing off the wall. And here's what I want to tell you guys, is we get discouraged with God far too easily in our lives. And it stops us from seeing our prayers answered. It stops us from having that breakthrough in our relationship that we want. I want to read to you guys a quote by Charles Spurgeon. This is what he said about prayer. Too many prayers are like boys' runaway knocks, given and then the giver is away before the door can be opened. I mean, I love that quote because I think that sums us up so well. As we bring this bold prayer before God and we say, God, answer it. And then when he doesn't answer it right away, we, we, we run away. It's, it's like we're expecting God to be waiting right on the other side of the door to open it immediately. And if he's not there immediately, we run away sometimes. Guys, that is stopping us. This attitude is stopping us from seeing breakthrough in our lives. And I believe that with my whole heart this morning is that if we don't become persistent people in these two areas of our life, I mean, then we will never see the breakthrough that we want. And so this morning, I want to look at a portion of Scripture in the, book, in the book of Luke. And so if you can just open up your Bibles with me, or you can read along on the screens in Luke 18. We're going to go through a story that Jesus told. And so we're going to start right here, right in verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And so that's really important in verse 2 that we understand verse 2 right there. Jesus is saying this to show that it was a difficult situation. He was showing that this wasn't going to be something that was easy. This judge was a very hard man. He didn't care what people thought. And he wasn't going to bend for anyone. When he made up his mind, that was it. And Jesus says this, for the hard situation that you're going through in your life right now. Whatever that difficult situation you're going through, and no matter how tough it seems, it's just as tough as this judge today. Because this judge was not going to bend. Just like your situation feels like it's not going to bend for you. 
So Jesus wanted you to know that, that this is going to be something that's going to be really hard and really difficult to help you understand with your difficult situation. So let's go to verse 3. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. So now there's the judge, and now this widow comes into the picture. And we don't know what her situation is. All we know is that she wants justice from this judge. And so she comes to him, and, and she comes persistently to him. And she pursues him, and she pursues him. The first time I spoke about this message, I put a picture up of Andrew's grandma. I don't know why. I just wanted to bust his chops, and, but I won't do that to you this morning because he got me back way too good, and I don't want to mess with Andrew because he's much clever, more clever than I am. So we have this woman, and she's coming to this judge, and he is not bending. Let's go to verse 4. For some time he refused. He wouldn't give in to the request of this woman. No matter how many times she pleaded with him, no matter how many times she begged with him, the situation would not move. Now, Jesus says this part of the story to show you that you can't just give up right away. That sometimes the answers to prayer and the breakthrough in your relationship won't come right away. The situation won't give up right away. But let's see what happens to the woman. Because I think she has two options here. She can see that this judge is not refusing. She can give up on the situation. She can walk away and move on with her life. Or she can keep persisting. And Jesus will tell her, tell us what happens. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. So that she won't eventually come and attack me. I, I love that part of the verse. This the judge is getting scared of this old widow now all of a sudden. Because she's being so persistent. This widow refuses to give up. She refuses. He won't give in. See that's right around the part of the story where you and I give up. We feel like it's just so difficult. And we'll never get our answer. And so we give up right at that part of the story. But this widow refuses to take anything but justice. And so she pushes and she pushes and she pushes. And finally, she gets this unjust judge to cave in. Suddenly, everything changes in this situation because of her persistency. And then Jesus is going to tell us a little bit more about what's going on in this situation. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust, said, unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Now Jesus says, you know, there's this unjust judge. I'm not an unjust judge. I love you and I care about you so deeply. And I want to see this situation change in your life. I want to see that you get justice. But sometimes you need to be willing to pursue me. Sometimes you need to be willing to be persistent after the things that you want. And, and you know what I love about the widow? It, it, it doesn't say 
that her words convinced them. Don't we feel like that sometimes? If we feel like if we could just pray the right prayer to God, if, if we, we can just build up all the right words and put them in all the right senses, then the situation will change. Or, or maybe sometimes we bank on our situation. We say, God, this situation is just so unfair. God, how can you let me go through this? How can you let me walk through this hard situation? You know what, for, you know what got her justice? It wasn't her situation and it wasn't her words. It was her persistence. It was the fact that she was willing to push and push and push. And I'm sure that there are times when she was really discouraged. I'm sure she went through some really hard days in that situation. But you know what? She refused to give up until she got her justice. I want to encourage you guys today to live a life more like this persistent judge. Push and push and push until you get your breakthrough in your situation, no matter what is happening in your life. Learn from this unjust judge today. See, I I think God is after something in our hearts. He's after a heart that is willing to push for him. And I want to read another portion of scripture today that I I think will help get us going here with this point and really start to really drive it home. It's going to be in Jeremiah, verse 29, verse 12 through 11. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. See, God isn't after our half-hearted people. Well, what does he say? You will seek me and you, you will find me when you what? When you come after me with everything that you have. So guess too often we push for God with part of ourselves. We're willing to give God part of our hearts in this situation. But God's saying, come after me with everything you have. Give me your whole heart. Let me see that this is what you really, really want. See, guys, God is after a people that are willing to give him their whole heart. And he says, if you do that, I will move on the thing that you were praying on. You will call for me, and I will come to you in the way that you need me. So this is all building up to a really important question, and then we need to take this from a theological view today. So, so, so does this mean that if we are persistent after God and we go after him with our whole heart, that he'll answer every prayer that we have? Well, let's look at what Charles Spurgeon has to say this morning because I think he sums it up a lot better than I could. Men ought always to pray. That is, they should persevere in prayer. That is probably his first meaning. When we ask God for a mercy once, we are not to consider that now we are not to trouble him with it further, but we are to come to him again and again. If we have asked him seven times, we ought to continue until 70 times seven. In temporal mercies, there may be a limit. And the Holy Spirit may ask us to ask no more. Then we must say, the Lord's will be done. If it is anything for our own personal advantage, we must let the spirit of submission rule us. So that after having sought the Lord thrice, we shall be content with the promise. My grace is sufficient for you. And no longer ask that the thorn in our flesh should be removed. But in spiritual mercies, and especially in the united prayers of a church, there is no taking a denial. 
Here, if we wish to prevail, we must persist. We must continue incessantly and consistently and know no pause to our prayer until we win the mercy to the fullest possible extent. So now here's Charles Spurgeon, and he's preaching off this same passage that I am. I got this off a commentary of his. And here's what he says. He says, you pursue God and you are persistent after him in whatever your situation is. But when it's for a personal mercy, that sometimes God is going to say, my grace is sufficient. And when he says, my grace is sufficient, it's not you'll get through the situation okay. It means that his grace will carry you through everything that you are going through in that moment. That he will not leave you alone. That his grace will will be around you and comfort you and give you everything you need to deal with that thorn. See, it's, it's, God's grace is so, so powerful, guys, deeper than what we can understand and deeper than what we can think, that it will help you through whatever that thorn is in your life. And see, I, I, I can't speak a, a watered-down gospel tonight. I, I can't tell you that every prayer that you pray will be answered. Because sometimes God is going to say, my grace is sufficient. Because when I look at the gospel, I, I see that Jesus says that in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. In the gospel, I see Jesus say, now take up your cross and follow me. See, I, I think we miss that sometimes. He says, take up your cross and follow me. The cross was one of the worst forms of capital punishment in our world. It was so horrific to people in that day that you wouldn't even dare let those words leave your tongue. It was horrifying. And now here's Jesus saying, take up your cross and follow me. See, it it was shocking to people that he would say that. But here's what I want to say to you is that his grace is sufficient. See, hard things will happen to all of us, guys. But either Jesus will give you the answer that you were looking for, or his grace will carry you through that situation. And so I can't water it down, because there are too many people watering down the gospel now. They're trying to make it easy for people to swallow, easy for people to get. They're saying, Jesus and health are the answer. They're saying Jesus and wealth. No, the answer is Jesus. It's not Jesus and. I want to ask you, is Jesus enough for you this morning? Is he enough to satisfy all your needs? Has all he done for you enough this morning? Man, that that is so powerful. And so I think what Charles Spurgeon says aligns perfectly with what we have come to to be truth at our church. And this is what we believe about prayer, is we believe that often the answer should be yes. We believe that there should be weight on occasion, and just sometimes he'll say, no, my grace is sufficient for you. But guys, I believe we should start seeing a lot more yeses in our life, and we aren't seeing them right now. And part of the reason why I think we aren't seeing them is because we aren't as persistent as we should be. So here's what I want to say, is don't let 
discouragement from past things bring you down. Jesus wants to answer some of the prayers in your life. I know it because I see it in Scripture. And that goes right along with what we believe about prayer is that we need to start seeing a lot more yeses. So don't let the discouragement stop you from seeing it. If, If I was honest with you today, it stopped me in my life. It stopped me from praying bold prayers in my life. For a while there, I used to pray some really bold prayers for people, and then some of them weren't getting answered, and I gave up really easily. But God has been challenging me lately to start praying some really big prayers again. It's time to start being persistent. It's time to start taking our ground back. Let me tell you about some of the prayers that I'm praying. The first one is that in this year, I'm praying that God will do something amazing at this small church on 347. I'm praying that God would double the numbers here, that he would triple them, that he would quadruple them. Not, not so that we might be lifted up, not for Pastor or Doug's glory, so that the island would be reached for Jesus, that this dark place would see breakthrough, that my number of 100 kids on Friday night would go to 200 so that I would have to have two services on a Friday night. Those are the bold prayers that I've been praying. And you know, it's just so amazing because I know God is doing something here. I'm sitting in a community group on two Wednesday nights ago and I'm going around from person to person to person and they're all telling me what their life would have been like if God had never brought them here to this church. And I'm just getting blown away and I'm getting blown away by story after story after story. And I'm going, God, there are so many more people on this island that need it. So that's one of the bold prayers that I'm praying this year. And I'm going to be persistent in it. And I'm going to fight for it. We go on a prayer drive every Friday, me, Andrew, Doug. And we pray these prayers. And every week I pray that prayer. Every time we're in that car. And we know what we've been praying in, the, in that prayer drive for probably about two years now we've been doing that. And I will pray and I will pray and I will pray because I know that's a spiritual mercy. And we will see this hard ground broken up on Long Island. The second prayer I've been praying bold for is for Kelly. Many of you know about Doug's wife. And, and man, she's been going through this for a really long time. And, and we've been coming around her and we will pray and we will pray and we will be persistent until God gives us this mercy. So I want to encourage you to join me in this. What are the things that you need to be bold about? What are the prayers that you are pushing for God to answer? See, because when I read the Bible, I see this morning, I made sure I read it before I came on stage. It says this, that a tiny mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. What's the mountain in your life today? What's the thing that needs to be moved in your life? Because Jesus says that if you have a tiny mustard seed of faith, that you can move that mountain in your life. And, And I believe he wants to do it. And I believe the answer should be yes way more frequently. So I encourage you this morning, start praying those bold, passionate prayers to him. Get excited about this. Because I really believe all my heart that this is something that God has been speaking to me to share with people. I, I shared this for the first time at the green room. And, and when God brought me to this verse, it was, it was a little bit of a discouraging place. Um, we were on our winter retreat 
end, the speaker had just told me just a, a little while before that he was going to leave, that he had to leave that night. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that he's just going to speak and he's going to walk right off the stage. And for some of you that don't know, our last night we consider to be one of our most powerful nights. We, we, we make sure that we seek God with everything we have that night. And so I'm just really discouraged. And sure enough, right after he's done speaking, he walks out and leaves. And usually the speaker leads that time. And so I, I'm just super, super discouraged. And he asked me to pray for him before he leaves. And so the kids go back into worship and I pray for him and leave. And, and I just walked outside and, and I went outside and I just opened up my Bible. I said, God, some of these kids desperately need an encounter with you tonight. God, some of these kids need to hear from you so badly tonight. Where do we go from here, God? What do I do now? And I just felt like God just said, open up your Bible. And, and, and this is kind of like Bible, like bingo. Like sometimes I don't suggest that you do that, but I really felt like God was saying, Joey, open up your Bible to this portion of scripture. And when you open it up, this will be the movement for this night. And so I open it up and I open it up to the persistent widow. And I see the vision for that night. And God cast it into my heart. So I, the, the speaker leaves and, and, and I even cut off the band from songs. I'm like, oh, no, that's it. This is what we're going to do tonight. And I tell the kids this story. And that night, God's presence fell like I, I haven't experienced in a very long time. It fell so thick in that place, guys. And we were persistent with him until we got our answers. And every kid that night got prayed for. And then if they were here tonight, I'm sure they would tell you, that it was a really, really powerful time for them. So know this, guys. Be persistent in your prayers because Jesus wants to answer them. Be persistent in your life and see the mountains move. Let's pray. God, I I just thank you that you want to do these things in our life, God. God, that you want to see the mountains move more than we do. God, I just even think about what Doug spoke about last time, that that you are ever interceding for us, God. God, that that you don't give up on us, that you sit on the right hand of the Father praying for us today, Lord God, that we would see our breakthrough, God. So God, I pray that in this new year, in in 2012, God, that, that we would be persistent with you, God, until we saw our breakthrough. God, I pray for people that are discouraged this morning, Lord God. I pray for people that are hurting this morning, God, because they have some big mountains in their life that need to be moved, God. God, that, that it's, it's been tearing them up, Lord. I pray today, God, that you would give them the persistent heart to see these things move. God, that you would make them passionate about seeing this breakthrough, Lord. Give them the strength in everything they need. So God, we just thank you for this time, Lord. And we just say, God, that you are so good. In your name we pray. Amen.